Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, where we are covering Season 2, Episode 7 of Dark, The White Devil. And I'm happy to be joined by three guests today. Um, right next to me, I'm joined by my wife, Elisa. Hello there. And with me from Montana, we have very special guests today. On a repeat um, appearance will be Paul Oslison from the Survivor Historians podcast. Paul, happy to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. And making her debut appearance, we have from The Real Weird Sisters, we have Alice Oslison. Alice, I'm so happy you can join us. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm excited to make a fool of myself trying to make sense of this show. It's what I do every single episode. And funny enough, I also call her the White Devil often, so this is actually perfect. <laughs> it's very fitting. My nickname. <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to get this out of the way right now because this is so embarrassing. But uh, I was cracking up when I was 10 years old and I had um, my AIM screen name. I used to think, this is really, oh, I might no. have to cut this. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but I had, uh, I had my screen name. I thought it would be cool to be uh, El Diablo Blanco, the White Devil. And I oh my gosh, no way. I realize it's extremely problematic, but yes. I was wondering if I was going to share that, but I was I just had to after you I don't know what up. sounds cool, cooler, El Diablo Blanco or the Vice of Teufel. I don't know what's cooler. Uh, I did not know that about Brian, and not 100% sure I would have uh, known him much longer if we had a metal break. This was uh, this was an 11-year-old. Uh, uh, I was trying to fit in, and it was not a not a good look for me. <laughs> but yes, uh, I, I went to a, you know, I was one of the only white kids at my school and I, I, I thought this would be a funny nickname for myself. I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And uh, now looking back like 20 years later, I'm like, oh, yeah. my, oh my gosh, like, uh, no, I'm doing this dark, dark podcast. And I was just cracking up that this was coming well, up. Well, as we, we mentioned the last time when I was on the show, I'm a German teacher, which is also why it's fun for me to talk about dark. But um, usually the word devil, Teufel, comes up in uh, year two. We do like a Halloween unit and usually it comes up on the list. And usually the way I introduce it is like... I say I I say the word and I'm like I pick like the most um, kind of like annoying kid in the class who's like a, like purposely obnoxious you know like one that can take it and I say like well it means like well it's it's like and then I give that person's name and then I, and then I show what it is it's like the devil I'm like yeah same thing <laughs> it's usually my joke with with toys the kids are really really that'll shut them down right <laughs> Alice I wanted to say I'm so sorry I got uh, I got off track here um with my embarrassing screen name history <laughs> but I wanted to tell you I, I really liked the uh Percy and um Ernie McMillan choices for the character uh character <laughs> reveals those those are my two favorite of the recent ones I think those were really okay. inspired choices yeah those have been fun it's fun when we get to so this is on our show um we get to we're doing a character studies of Harry Potter and um Lately, we've been getting into a lot of kind of more side characters, and I like doing those because I think those are ones where kind of some of their moments are a little bit more underrated, so I'm glad you've enjoyed them. Yeah, they're just both so pompous that it's really good. Uh, they, they're really good fodder for any like uh, anything making fun of them is just gold, so uh, keep up the good work with that. I really like those <laughs> characters. I was trying to think of another one that would be kind of like them, but uh, I was kind of falling flat on my face there. Maybe... Uh, Maybe a, a Zachariah shame. Smith when we oh. finally get to him. But he's like so hateable. Six... He's even he's he has like <laughs> nothing good about him. So Yeah. Um, yeah. He's good. Yeah, maybe maybe a Seamus. You haven't done Seamus, right? I, I hope I don't embarrass myself. Uh, no, we haven't okay. done Seamus yet. Nope. Yeah, I didn't Yeah, no, it. thanks. I'm I'm glad to hear that you've enjoyed those. Or we're having fun with it. Yeah, no, it's been great. So and um Paul is definitely my favorite from the Survivor Historians. Sorry to Jay, Mario, and <laughs> Mike Bloom. 
<laughs> but Paul is yeah. Uh, when they're listening to this, I'm sure they're very offended. But thank you. Mike Bloom's everywhere. You never know. He might he might show up. <laughs> That's he actually might be on this podcast. <laughs> he's he's on call waiting. Um, but uh, anyway, thanks so much for being here, guys. And for this episode, everybody, we are going to be talking with no regards for uh, any decency with spoilers. We're going to be talking about spoilers. It's just it's hard to talk about it when we have we have three people that I asked to come on and they're just popping back into the dark world. So. It could be very tough talking about this in a spoiler-free way, so we're just gonna disregard spoilers. And if you can't, um, if you haven't seen the rest of the series, you can drop out now. And I'm sorry about that for this episode, but we will be covering it like that. You know, they don't really do a uh, previously on dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to. I was like, uh, Elise was like, "Do they have a previously on?" And I was like, "No, you have to hear it from me." <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely, so both Alice and I, we've watched the whole series before, and um, re- I really liked the first season, and then um, took a took a while before we actually watched the second season, but then it was perfect, because it fell right in line with the third season, and we got pretty into it, and watched it kind of, you know, binge the whole rest of the season, and then after that, didn't really, haven't got back to it in a while, so going back to this episode kind of out of context was like really, really hard trying to piece everything back together. I think we did an okay job of getting what was happening, but we'll definitely default to to Brian on some of this to give us some context where we are in the story um, overall. And the listeners know I'm just a huge wealth of knowledge, so this will be great for me to be <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, no. I think you're right. Like it, it would be hard. I think I might accidentally spoil things because again, like within the, the whole context, like with all the jumping back and forth in time, it makes it really hard to remember what happens in chronological order in the show. Um, so thank you for letting us be spoiler, spoilerful. No, it's okay. I wanted to do one like this for a long time too. I've been trying to constrain myself, um, but it can be tricky to talk about too. You kind of, um, well, like, well, we'll save that for the spoiler section and it can, you know, it can, it, it can just, you know, make for a little bit of a harder discussion. So um, it'll be fun like this, I think. Well, and fortunately, this episode has a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of uh, a, a lot of big moments for these characters. Just a lot to sink your teeth into. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, actually, I think this is the episode where I wanted to find a dark podcast just to listen to. When, particularly after the Hannah moment, when she just leaves Ulrich there in the 1950s, I Oof. I think that's the moment where I was like, I really like the show. Like, I want I want to talk to people about the show. I want to hear more about the show. And I couldn't really find much about it. So it's kind of what like kind of inspired me to start this podcast, I think, was this episode. And then it made me do a rewatch and I picked up a lot more things. So I don't know. What did you guys think about that Hannah Ulrich scene? I think that was kind of a big wow scene. Um, it's what's the um, the song that everyone always... It's like a uh, one that's always on TikTok and stuff now about the savage, the whatever that one <laughs> where they say the three... It's the three adjectives, and it ends with, like, she's a da-da-da-da savage. I don't know what the song is, but, like, as the scene was playing, like, playing out, that's how I was, like, thinking in my head. I'm like, oh, this is the this is the Hannah Savage scene. Yeah, it was a mic drop scene for sure, too. I think I, I'm, I'm revealing I'm not, not young enough and cool enough to know that, I don't think. I, I, don't know if <laughs> I think is, maybe no. you are more age-appropriate, <laughs> unlike Paul, who's trying to, like, live vicariously through the TikTok world. Um yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, phew. It was no. a good stretch. I liked it. You know, I had a good A for effort. <laughs> it was just like she was like walking away like with uh, like 
you know, like the um, explosion in the background, right? That's kind of like <laughs> like what I what, totally. like an action movie. Well, and yeah, if I'm correct, it's been a while since we've seen Ulrich, and ugh, he looks yeah. a mess. <laughs> he, <laughs> like gray, sweaty, not not a good look for poor Ulrich. <laughs> yeah, I like when she was talking to. Um, was it Tiedem- it's Tiedemann that she's talking to, right? Yeah, and, and she's like, he's like, is this your husband? And she was like, it looks like, it It kind of looks like him. Like, yeah. I just feel like if that's your husband, like, that was in a very convincing way to say. <laughs> no, she did know. such a good job. I agree. Uh, her acting is like, yeah, there's similarities, but mm, no. <laughs> she is such, so I actually kind of want to know what Alice, so Alice has, like, it's usually pretty hot or cold with anything with Alice and any kind of character that she's usually not like uh, whatever on. And I feel like she was very down on Hannah throughout the whole series, but I kind of be curious as to what you think now after this time off, but I definitely came to like, by the end of the show, like realize like what a really good character she was because she's like kind of evil in a lot of ways, but like has some redeeming quality. I don't know. I think she actually is a really good character in the end. No, she's a, a, an amazing character. She's she does so many things that are hate uh, are really hateable, right? But at the same time, then you see what happened to her in the past too. She was like shunned by Ulrich, and Katarina was really mean to her too. I mean, not that like everybody has problems like that, right? Growing up, but she does have you know parts where you feel sympathetic towards her, and then then she has this part, right, where you're like, oh my god, like uh, what a queen, right? But also like the scary too. <laughs> but I really I really think that. She is complicated, and since we're talking about it with spoilers, too, I mean, she ends up getting killed by Jonas later on in the series, and uh, it's a really sad ending for her. It makes me feel sorry for her, too. Kind of like, I think, the moments where Jonas turns into Adam, and just seeing her... Like, this is Hannah's biggest moment of the series, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys would agree with that. But. Yeah, I think so. Alice, what do you think? Yeah, no, I Hannah was always one where I feel like when I was watching, I was like, I, I don't, like, fully feel like I totally get her like I I think yeah there's aspects that I do get like her backstory and and everything but I was always kind of like where's this going with her um but I do think that that was this this scene in this episode I agree was probably the biggest biggest moment and just seeing her kind of turn her back on Ulrich it's kind of Ulrich's last chance too right um after this like we know where he ends up in the 80s we know that or he we know he stays there and he doesn't get out so uh, and I don't think they show any scenes in between now and then. So this is Ulrich's last stand and it doesn't go well. Well, I think that Hannah is, um, the whole series, she's been a second fiddle, I think. Um, and I really have to give kudos to the actress because um, just the way she turns her chin and she looks up these big eyes, and uh, she's always up to something, you know? And um, I, I think that this scene, yeah, well, I mean, why does she go back, right? I mean, uh, she. I think there's a lot of compelling um, imagery of her here standing in front of the cave, packing her suitcase, you know? There's a lot of very deliberate, very deliberate um, in this scene, and you would think that there's going to be this great rescue, and... Um, Sorry, uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> Hannah scorned. Well, and what I didn't really realize till rewatching it, and I'm not, and tell me if I have this right here, like she gets him to ad- to at least admit to say out loud, like, no, I would, I would leave Katarina for you. Like she gets him to say that sh- that he would choose her 
like I, that's the one part I kind of forgot about that. And even, even after she got him to say that she still walked away. away. So she knew, so th- then there, there was no, int- I mean, you know, she knew what she was going to do the whole time then. That's what I want to know because I think the turning point, um, she seemed like really happy, really into it until he was like asking about Mikkel and then it kind of turned and it really turned when he asked about how's Katarina. And then I think I, I want to know because I, she looks like she has a plan, right? What else does she go back to the fifties for if not to either rescue him or I guess like scorn him, right? Or make fun of him. I wonder what the motivation was because it did seem to turn at some point. Total Dom. Just <laughs> it's all about control. She just wants to be on top, I guess. Just you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, definitely like when you when you first see her going back, you kind of are thinking that she is gonna rescue him, but I, I kind of am with Paul and like I feel like the fact that he admitted that he he would leave Katarina and then she still left, like I do kind of feel like she must have had her mind made up because yeah, that admission didn't seem to do anything for her. Yeah, I've always thought she had her mind made up too, so I, I think it just confirms it. But um, I wonder if Ulrich just never mentioned them, what would have happened maybe? Who knows? Different <laughs> different worlds. Well, we wouldn't have gotten that wolfish look from Aegon over the cigarette. Oof! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Hannah, there was just some times in the in the show where she would just like look up and it was just, she had the creepiest look in her eye and... I kept on kind of ex- the first time I watched this through, just thinking like something's ha- something's off with her. Like there's something that's gonna happen, but the other shoe didn't ever really seem to drop on that. I don't know what I expected exactly, but yeah, it's like well, she is capable of anything. Like and she shows that with those looks too, and um, you know she's capable of going to the fifties and ultimately creating this you know messed up family tree that's gonna result from her going back because she stays there and marries or does, not marries Aegon, but has a child with Aegon. That child marries Bartosh, and, and so like it, it's all messed up, right? That, that was the thing. It was like when I was watching the show the first time. Like after every episode, I could like read a read a summary to make sure I was like keeping up with every like connection and trying to. And now going back, it was it was rough to try to remember. Wait, now who is related to who in which way? So here I'll, I got an easy way to remember everyone is somehow related to everyone else <laughs> it's true it's true there's like five characters outside the family tree and I think like maybe some of them are in that last scene like where the show ends right where they're having the party um but yeah right. I, basically everybody's in that tree so a lot of um, red right. red threads yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's really rough and I, I just always remember that as kind of like the moment in dark. And I think even through season three, I don't think a moment tops that for me. I don't know if you guys have any other moment that you liked in dark better than that, but I really think that like, for some reason, this one hits the most for me. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think what's the, is it, it's coming soon. Is it no. And that, this must, is this season three when, um, Katarina gets. Killed? That's pretty good. Um, that's, that's, that's a pretty tense moment. No. And I was definitely, um, kind of like, jumping out of my seat like that would be in my top i think that was shocking yeah (laughs) and like well just even even in this episode i thought the moment where um claudia mm -hmm. uh turned on her dad that was pretty interesting I, I yeah. was about to say the same thing because, um, and we definitely can dive deeper into this, you know, uh, bef- you know wrap up, uh, <laughs> poor, poor Hannah and poor Hagon, you know, things went, things went sour there, but, um, flash forward 30 years <laughs> later for Hagon, right? <laughs> but, um, Claudia, this, 
just the emotion in her face, the range of, uh, you know, fear, terror, uh, disgust, guilt. Oh my gosh. Uh, she's also very impressive on my list. <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, so her motivation, right, is for stopping Aegon from calling the cops is she wants to protect this discovery that the nuclear power plant has made. And it's like the, the time travel or the dark map, the, you know, the God particle or whatever, the goo is what I call it sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, she wants to protect this, uh, she wants to, protect this discovery so when he's like actually onto it he actually figures it out and he's calling the cops uh they got to investigate the cave she uh hangs up the phone they have a big fight and she knocks him down and causes his death so that scene is really tough because imagine like uh in your father's dying death he's calling you the white devil i mean Oof. yeah um and it's not your screen name so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for you, Brian, that'd be fine because that's what you've been going <laughs> by since you were 11. You're right. I am. <laughs> some respect. Oh. Yeah, definitely not a cute pet name here. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh, I think. Go ahead. Um, yeah. It's. Claudia, definitely. First of all, can you imagine fighting with someone over a phone right now? Like in this context, <laughs> in 2020, fighting over a phone with someone would be a very interesting. The cell phone could you, it would go flying, right? It would just be like people juggling it. But uh, not as dramatic. <laughs> that's true. The, the being in the 80s really helped for the judge <laughs> dramatization of the scene. But she definitely gives herself away here, um, you know, and he's pretty lucid, you know, uh, he's been on meds, you know, he got chemo earlier, and uh, she, he's like, you know, I think it could be possible. No, that's not, she completely gives herself away, like a, like a teenager <laughs> fighting over the phone. <laughs> Did you guys like when he was talking about Back to the Future? And he was like, I saw this film. It was it was called. Flood. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yes, was thinking yes, of yes. what other like movies he could be talking about that'd be funny. It'd be like, I saw this film. It's true. Flubber, the, the green <laughs> thing. It really made me jump. But, but yeah, <laughs> um, I just think it's funny. Like him, like like imagine Aegon like one night and he's watching TV and he sees Back to the Future and like the time travel happens and he's like. Holy shit. <laughs> that guy, that guy, the guy that in the 50s, the guy that killed the kid, tried to kill the kid. That, that happened to him. It's just, Claudia. So I don't know. What do yeah, you guys that think? Was, it was funny when he was talking about Back to the Future. He's like, to use that as a way to, to explain what time travel is. I'm like, I think Claudia knows what time travel is. <laughs> yeah, she's actually done it herself, right? There's the great, I, I really like when Claudia goes to the future. And she's like in the iPad room. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that scene. But oh, she goes to the Mac store, right? No, the no, library. Yeah, in the, she goes in the, the library. library. Yeah. She goes to the library and she's like talking. She's like, duh. She's like, how do you use this thing? Uh, where's the keyboard? And like the millennials, like, there's no keyboard. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, well, she um, she does blow it here, like you said. Um, not very smooth or, you know, quick on her feet with it. But she's been having some rough time because I like the scene where uh, she's at the office and her, that poor, poor secretary, know. you know, all the work she has to do. She shows up and she says, oh, you're already here. <laughs> and, and again, smooth Claudia looks up and is like, huh? What, what day is <laughs> oh, it? Oh, I guess. <laughs> what day is today? Yeah. Um, and then that poor secretary is like, I rescheduled the meeting with the, with the French, whatever the French, the French delegation. Yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> funny on a rewatch. Um, they like all season two, I think even like since the first episode, she's been delaying the French delegation. So like, that's something I didn't realize until I saw this again. And I was like, Oh my God, every episode she's like, Nope, I'm going like, she like t travels in the future to get away from them. She's 
doing all sorts of things. So that is a funny joke there. Yeah. And she's just like, not a normal conversation at all. Like just this zoned out look on her face. And then she just stands up and walks out of the room. The secretary is like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd also say that at first I thought when, when you first see Claudia anytime, she's just a vision. She's got this hair. She's made up. But um, she is the 80s. Yeah, she is. Embodied. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, at first, when she's sitting at that desk and she's wearing this like voluminous blouse, I'm like, wow, she looks amazing. And then there's a couple scenes where I'm like, is that a chef coat that she's wearing? (laughs) It's kind of like there's like a Seinfeld episode with a puffy shirt. It's kind of like a puffy shirt situation. Very puffy. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have the whole thing with like her going to chemo with her dad for the first time. And I guess the backdrop we should mention too is that she knows that this is the day her dad's going to die. And she's trying to do everything. I'm sorry, Brian. I have to, you said the backdrop. I was going to comment on the wood paneling in that room. (laughs) (laughs) I was very struck by the wood paneling in that chemo room. What a, what a room. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's like, that's the setting where he's like, I think I was a good cop, but actually I did some fucked up things. (laughs) (laughs) There's this uh, time travel incident that uh, I'm pretty sure happened. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, what you could tell that like, you so, he's so happy when she, when she agrees to go to chemo with him or she offers to go to chemo with him. Like you can tell that they do not have a really close relationship and she's trying to build it back, but it's too little too late. It seems like. Yeah, so I was going to ask you that because I know that I I could tell that she knew he was going to die that day, but I can't remember how she knew. So when she went to the future, she had this like little field trip to the future where she went and came back. And she went to the library to find out what happened to the town. And she like looks up herself. She finds out that her, she disappeared mysteriously. She looks up uh, Regina. She sees that Regina married Alexander, who became the head of the power plant. And then she looks up her dad. And it says, uh, chief of police found dead in his home on the day that is the, the, uh, the day of the show, right? So she knows that, like, he's supposed to die in his apartment. So that when she's like, okay, like, it's it's kind of, like, laughable if you don't know the situation, right? Because he's she's going to move him to her house and she's giving him, like, two seconds. Like, just get your pills and go. Come on, come on, come on. So, but she doesn't want, she knows that's where he dies, I guess, is what's happening there. <sighs> An ironic twist of fate. It's all the show is really. It's like <laughs> paradox. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, you bring up an interesting point about Alexander. Uh, I don't want to move. I don't want to move away from Claudia too yet, but because I know that she is uh, amazing. She's got this great episode here, um, and I think that, like you said, we see her hustling so much, like she can avoid this fate, um, which she should know by now. She really can't do right. Like, yeah, I, there's no, avoid, yeah, uh, well, maybe this is kind of like the breaking point. That's a good, that's a good question, Elisa. I don't know if, I don't know if she does know that yet. I think maybe this maybe convinces her that there is no changing it. Um, and it's kind of consistent in the show after this point. So I think that's a good point. But um, yeah, kind of like cements it for her, right? That she can't really change anything that happened. And it was worse than she was expecting, you know, the, that guilt to see your father, uh, pass away but at your own hand yikes and uh definitely influences later and um you know we do see the type of person that claudia becomes because of this uh unfortunately later laid out on a gurney as the deceased white devil but that was part of the plan we can get back to that but (laughs) do you guys have anything to add on that paul or alice we we like the washing her hands like scene like she gets home and has to wash her hands again 
It's really rough. I mean, that's kind of a trope, but it was definitely like she was pretty manic with that. Just like, I'm like, you're going to claw off all your skin the way you're washing your hands there. Um, yeah. yeah. Didn't you, isn't that from Shakespeare? Isn't that like from the Yes. Yes. Out damned yeah. spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. She does do a neat little, if you watch closely, you know, she's scrubbing her hands and she like flicks the rag at the, um, <laughs> the handle and it like goes off. I was like, wow, very impressive. I <laughs> thought it was a little odd that she didn't or that she waited until she was back at her own place to wash her hands instead of washing her hands at her dad's apartment, like drove home with her hands covered in his blood. That was a little iffy. A lot of questionable decisions. I got to think that forensics wasn't what it was. Right. Because uh, like she even calls nine one one, but leaves it hanging. Doesn't, doesn't um, nobody comes. Right. I don't like, I, I think that would be different today. Don't you? I don't think it's actually nine one one in Germany. That didn't, uh, it, I was going to ask you guys, didn't it look like... I think it's like 211 or something. It's something similar, but it's different. It, um, it looks like 911 when she was dialing. I was, I was, yeah, I was gonna it, it's you. something pretty similar. It's like a three-digit, <laughs> and it's. I think two of the digits are 11. Yeah, maybe it's 110 or something. Um, so but yeah, when she was dialing to like super shaky hands, like I'm like, okay, that's not really... I don't think you're dialing very effectively there. Yeah. Well, it is pretty brutal that she just leaves her dad there because... I think he doesn't get, I don't know when he gets found, but I don't think, I think like at the end of the episode, right, he's just kind of still lying there at the end and nobody yeah. knows yet. And she, she just leaves to the, to, with Jonas. There is a scene where it is dark. She's standing there and the light has changed in the room. And so I think that we are supposed to infer that she does stand there for a while and uh, lets the blood dry on her hands. Yeah, it really seems like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the DNA testing wasn't what it was, or else she would have been pretty pretty housed, if, yeah. not, if not for the time. The Winden Police Department, not exactly renowned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a shaky department through and through. Over the decades. <laughs> yeah, it was constantly. So we see it for 60 straight years. Um, okay, so... Okay, I, we were talking about Germany a little bit. I want to ask you, what do you know about Marburg? Am I saying that right? Yeah, um, actually, it's kind of funny because my sister Martha um, did a study abroad in Marburg, actually. Mm. Okay. Um, she was there for a semester. Uh, it's a university town, um, one of the, a big university town in Germany. A lot of people study there and a lot of, a lot of international students. Um, you do end up hearing about a lot of Americans that have done study abroad there. Um, okay. I don't know a whole lot more about it. They have a big castle. Ooh. So I, I just, well, and yeah, and it's also linked to, um, it's one of the two major cities associated with the Grimm brothers who, um, wrote all the Grimm's fairy tales gotcha. and stuff. So that's one of the associations with it too. I was just curious because they don't bring up a lot of outside places in dark. It's all set in Winden, right? But, um, all of a sudden Marburg is getting mentioned in this episode, um, because that's where, Alexander Kohler, or at least that's where the police chief, or not the police chief, but Clausen, the inspector who visits, he thinks that Alexander's from Marburg. And since we're talking spoilers, um, this storyline I feel like doesn't really end up going anywhere. <laughs> like in the <laughs> yeah, end, yeah, yeah, we were, we were, we were. That's something we mentioned today. We discussed. Yeah, we we were saying like, yeah, we thought this was going somewhere. It seems like he's got like a real interesting backstory, and then yeah, it kind of fizzled from what we could remember. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a big, big part of it, and I was really excited for it too. And we, Elise and I, were talking about like the the scene with the where he like points the gun at him. I'm like, what, what's that? He's <laughs> what's all he over the charts. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. uh, <laughs> this guy. He's looking for his brother. He's uh, waving a gun around. 
he's quoting uh, Freud and no, you know, not giving anyone else right. any credit for recognizing yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I my my only guess because it is they don't really you know we don't really get too much of a sense of where exactly it is. I can't remember what I've read about it. I feel like it's like you can kind of infer that it's in northern Germany, right? Did we talk? Uh, we. I thought that it was like in Baden-Württemberg. No, I, well. Because it's not an actual town, is it? No, it's no. fictional. I can't. We had this whole discussion too about why mm-hmm. they chose. Did, did you look up where it's supposed to be set at all? Oh, well, right. I, I know that they film right right outside Berlin. I think the forests are right outside Berlin, but I, I know it's just a fictional place. It's there is a real Winden, but it's not the. It's not supposed to be the town of the show. Right. I guess. Right. To me, it always had like a northern Germany cold vibe to it from the architecture and stuff. But um, my guess is the only reason why they would choose Marburg is either one, because of the brother Grimm. And it kind of has, you know, the, a huge part of the Grimm's fairy tales are like the mystery of the forest and right. what, yeah. you know, what happens in the darkness of the forest. And that's connection. And then also Marburg is pretty centrally located. So it's kind of. Close you know, to everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> Midwest of uh, gotcha. Midwest Germany. Gotcha. I thought I was gonna play it when I was re- when I was pre- pre- when I was preparing for season three. I thought it was gonna be a big part of it because I was taking notes. And I was like, oh, there's this thing that there's the storyline in Marburg that's going somewhere. Uh, it kind of fizzled out. That note that they show, that's from the Nameless Trio. I don't know if you remember. At least I think that's what it was. Ends oh up being. yes, that... those three. Oh yeah, those. Yeah. That was. That was one of that's one of my favorite like things they did. Remember the creepy three, like the the sour the looking boy. <laughs> it was like the remember they, they would they show the up. Class, those three guys class, would show uh, up. Mm-hmm. Don't they? Because they killed the secretary, right? Yeah, they end up doing. They end up trying to like they kill a lot of people connected to the power plant. Um, and like I know they killed the main boss, Bern Doppler. They end up killing, and they're I think they're just going and killing a lot of people connected with the power plant. Somebody else could explain that a lot better than me. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot about those guys. That yeah. was very creepy. Yeah, yeah. creepy kids. Yeah. <laughs> Scowling. Um, I wanted to bring up the two funny things with Clawson. Elise uh, was talking about, there's the police officer. She's quoting, uh, she she's quoting Freud to him or like she's like fin- so what happens yeah, go, is go for, yeah. uh, she shares some news with him mm-hmm. and he's you know being a creep and starts kind of uh, like muttering yeah. Freud he starts saying uh, okay I have the quote and yeah. I've lost it but, but she's um, yeah muttering about Freud right yeah, yeah and um and she recognizes it says oh oh Freud and he just like, mm, and looks away <laughs> just doesn't acknowledge no, this her. is my original thoughts <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. it was from me yeah. <laughs> no one has ever said that before. <laughs> That's awesome. And then the other one, um, I was cracking up, Paul. It reminded me of <laughs> it reminded me of Will from Pearl Islands because he's like finishing uh he's finishing the he's finishing the quote for somebody like when when Will was like Sir Francis Morgan. He's like finishing oh, the yeah, quote. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what part yeah. that was, but he's like finishing the quote with somebody's like mouthing the words. That's a little right. story and thing, but it's always uh, a not annoying thing to do <laughs> yeah, exactly. to show that you know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he's doing. <laughs> but um, it turns out that he has been searching uh, for a missing person, which is really obviously the uh, what Dark is all about, right? And um, it turns out that his brother uh, also went missing, Alexander Kohler, just like Alexander Kohler's, <laughs> and. Um, it uh he has tracked him down. He turns out that uh there's been some he took some other names, but 
the real breaker, the deal breaker here is that um, he is not 5'8". Yeah. What was <laughs> right, the German translation the other... um, Because I think, uh, were they saying uh, centimeters instead of inches? Yeah, they said, where is the missing, however many centimeters? Is it four? Four centimeters. I think it was, I think I heard fear, 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 oh boy. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, but yeah, Have um, you been doing... Have you been doing Duolingo, Brian? Uh, five straight months. <laughs> He's on like 160 days or 150. something. 150. Let's not, let's not boost the numbers here. Let's <laughs> not count the count. Don't stop the count. <laughs> pretty, uh, soon, <laughs> pretty soon you'll be able to watch Dark with uh, no subtitles or anything. That's my dream. One day I'm going to go, th- I'm going to watch it all without the subtitles and I'm going to. I actually had to turn on English subtitles at the beginning when they were talking about all of the stuff with the nuclear power plant like i i'm like i'm gonna need the english words for this um for the podcast because i don't understand i don't know what any of this is in english at all (laughs) the The english did not help either so (laughs) so i switched back to the german because i'm like this is not worth it and sometimes the subtitles like will be a weird it'll be weird so it's it kind of distracts me if we have it in english so yeah Yeah, it's, it's like too distracting if you if it's like if it's like two languages that you're understanding, it's like weird. Like you don't know where to like put your attention to. Like if you're looking at, like if you're just listening to the audio and then you're trying to like, you're expecting to read the same thing. It gets, it's actually kind of more confusing. Yeah. I was, I was having trouble with that when I first started this one, because I'm fine. Like I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a little bit more words. Like I know like parts of the body and I know colors a little bit now. So like I'm picking up on like a little bit more. But then I'm like, oh wait, I just I just understood that, and like I'm then like I missed like the next three sentences. So like <laughs> they, they don't have one. They don't have one on like time travel, missing persons, <laughs> actually, nuclear power plant. I did see. Uh, I did see on the dark Reddit Eight, somebody 19, the 1980s. <laughs> that's coming up. That's that's an upcoming lesson. <laughs> but I did see on the dark Reddit somebody posted like the Duolingo must be watching dark because it was like a quote from dark. It was it was like a. It was some like Freud or Nietzsche quote that they would use on the show, so it was pretty funny there. <laughs> that is funny. Um, I in this scene, uh, there's a moment where he's you know going on and on, and uh, he slides over the letter. There's a moment where Alexander just stares at him, <laughs> slaps the table, and I my hand <laughs> sorry my hand hurt. <laughs> When I, you hear the slapping on the table, I was like, oh my gosh, but it's so loud. It's so scary. And um, it, the note, is there, what, what does the note reveal to us? Um, it, it says like the, it's a, it's a bunch of like metaphors. And then at the end it says the answer you're looking for is in Wyndham. So it's just like leading him there basically. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it's good. So kind of, go ahead, Paul. What do you think, what's your theory then about why? Cause like, I mean, this is a Netflix show. This is not like you know, so many great shows of the, you know, before with the Netflix era where you had shows that went, well, okay, there are also Netflix shows that go on and on that should not go on for as long as they do. <laughs> but, you know, this was very much like they did the show so they could do it in three seasons and were very intentional with something. So it doesn't seem like them to put something in and then just not have time to address it. Do you have any theories of why this is in there? Yeah, I don't, the only thing I could think of is that Alexander dies at the end of season two and the big nuclear power plant blast so like he's not in season three a ton just in the sideways world and Clawson's in that world too i have to go back and see season three again but it's just that there's not a lot of uh, alexander in season three and i don't know it just it, it's just most of the storylines do go somewhere this is the one i think that doesn't so for whatever reason 
I, I don't really have a theory. I wish I, I was looking forward to it because I do think it's cool when Alexander gets introduced and he's on the run and there's this mysterious five of them. Like, where did he come from? I thought he was definitely going to be part of the family tree. He ended up not being part of the family tree. It just seemed like maybe they'd bit off more than they could chew with the character. You know, like it, it was really exciting, but in, in the context of what's going on, <laughs> you know, with this family tree and everything, it, 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 I think that they got a little ahead of themselves with this plot line. Yeah, just maybe kind of ran out of time to really be able to fully flesh out that story. That's what I think. I also, I also consider, I consider that, like, because they like really make him very suspicious in the fact that he like shows up out of nowhere, mm -hmm. that he is somewhat of a red herring for a while. That you're to make it so you're trying to when you're really trying to figure out who's the bad guy in all this, and that kind of. Well, you know, you change your mind throughout who who you can believe and who's, you know, because for so long in the beginning, you think like Noah is this like terror, you know, you think mm -hmm. Noah is the the evil doer and all this stuff, and then you kind of start changing your mind on things that maybe he was in some ways supposed to f like fill the role of a, a red herring. I think that's probably the best explanation, especially in favor of the writers, is that it is a red herring. I hadn't considered that too much, but definitely could be very sophisticated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Upping the level Thank for you. us. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we have... I think that's pretty much... Um, or do you have anything it, else in Colson? We Well, we are left without closure. Um, he does say at the end, I'm certain of one thing. You are not my brother. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and another mic that, <laughs> that was kind of what we... What like so something we all always this is like a long whole story behind it. But when someone says something or someone posts something online, that's just this kind of like... <laughs> like kind of I don't know how to describe this it's a, you know where I'm going <laughs> it's, it's, it's just kind of like where it doesn't real like kind of the person saying it kind of maybe thinks it's more impactful than it really is than yeah. the response that we always do I'll let Paul do it because it came from him and his brother originally the response is Hmm. <laughs> it's H M M M M M M. Like that was just kind of a <laughs> moment. Like it's gonna be epic. Like I know one thing for sure. It would, it would be really funny too if like uh, Alexander had nothing to do with. It. He's like, what the what the what the hell? No, I, I, okay, <laughs> but um, I can't remember. I do guess ultimately. I think I think Clausen's probably right about who he is, but I just don't think it's really important to the broader broader narrative of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Clausen's one of the worst characters like there's nothing fun like it's fun to talk about him but like every time he's on the screen I'm just like I just hate this guy so much <laughs> um well we haven't talked about uh any uh well we did talk about Hannah for a while but um a lot of other of our uh female characters in this episode uh a lot from uh, Marta, a lot from Katarina, a lot from uh, even okay now Francisca. Yes, Francisca, mm -hmm. quite a quite an explosion here in this episode as well. So mm -hmm. who who should we uh, who should we dive into well, first? I do like the fire from Francisca. I she gets to yell at her parents, "You incompetent assholes!" Uh, I don't know if <laughs> that was. I mean, I don't. What a just to yell at anybody. What just like a release of uh, energy there, right? <laughs> Yeah. Pretty accurate coming about her parents. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um we were uh we were watching it. We were a little bit distracted because they were it, it went to um it's Elizabeth, right? What do they trans what do they call her in the, the daughter? Ellie sometimes. Oh they call her Ellie. That's the that's the one of the translations that's weird because she's definitely like Elizabeth. 
yeah. to call her in the, but we were in that scene and I was like, wait, what's her name again? And I said, that's Elizabeth Charlotte. It's Charlotte, Charlotte, right? Uh huh. I said, her daughter and her mother. And said, <laughs> How could I forget? That is like one of the big things. Like uh, when somebody finishes season two, like the first thing they say is like, so wait, Charlotte's daughter's her mother. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah i had kind of forgotten that um but yes so i was glad to remember that i guess <laughs> anytime that uh, i i actually remember you know because i i mostly was watching dark over brian's shoulder and you know he i, I remember he was like Whoa. oh things got things got intense i was like well what what do you mean it's like okay she's the mother and the daughter, and I was like, okay, what? I, I don't know if I need to know anything <laughs> more. And but, uh... you're like, they sound like a bunch of incompetent assholes. <laughs> yeah, yes. True. Only that could lead to <laughs> such a situation. Um, uh, I did like, okay, so I don't know if you remember this from your watching, but a few episodes prior, Bartosh is kidnapped and left overnight in the cave. He's just like, they tie him up, they yes. take the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. now, like, Three days later, he's back in a conversation with them. I mean, I think I would need some time to heal from that. Uh, right. Very forgiving, that Bartosh. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and I also laugh, too, later, because uh, later on, Magnus and Marta and Katarina have the time machine. And Katarina's like, so, do you know how to use this, Magnus? And he's like, no, Bartosh does, though. <laughs> it's like, come on, you're letting Bartosh have all this power here? I uh, Yeah, so what's, what was the... The like, what exactly was the reason why um, uh, Francisca has her big melt on here? Like, I I understand the frustration and her like I understand why she thinks of them the way she does, but like I couldn't really like put into the timeline exactly what was going on here that pushed her over the edge. It's a good question. Okay, I think I know. Hmm? <laughs> um, so. They're having this, you know, very serious, like, uh, parent, you know, come down on Francisca. And yeah. it's, they find out, Francisca puts it together, that um, Peter and... Benny. Um, that, uh, I, she does, I think I think they knew that already. They definitely but, did. Um, but uh, Peter and Carlotta, they give away that they know about the time travel. That's what it is. It's um, like, yeah. Like, okay. but from okay, because it's Peter, another secret. Peter asks, he says, "What year did you travel to?" And, and she's like, "So you know." She puts it together. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And then she talks about the secrets. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I also sense. think that's a funny thing for like a parent to be scolding somebody for. And what year did you go to? What year? Tell me. <laughs> what year? Come on. <laughs> um, also, in this scene, uh, and and you all as teachers, maybe you can uh, empathize with this. But, um, you know, they're having this serious conversation and uh, Peter is coming down on uh, Francisca and Magnus gets a phone call and he answers it and stands up and walks away. (laughs) And if someone did that in my classroom while I was yelling at them, that would be a problem for me. That's like worse than like yelling back or anything. Sorry, I got to take this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they should all be trying to figure this out together. But everybody who knows about the time travel, they should all be in a room trying to figure this out and uh, getting to the bottom of this, or at least putting their knowledge together. But they can't because then they'll all find out how they're related. That's true. Um, 
Did you, uh, uh, could we talk about the Jonas, Jonas as the stranger, the older version of Jonas talking with Marta? Okay, yes. I, uh, first of all, that whole scene is very interesting because it's, um, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about the cultural differences between America and Germany, but is it common for people to just, you know, like, uh, come into the house, like bang on the door and come in the house, you know, even though the person you're looking for is not there? Because that's what Marta seems to I do. did feel like I, it was weird how persistent she was with knocking on the door and just like shouting, like, come on, I know you're in there. Or like, if it, is anybody in there? And then just, just comes in. Um, yeah, what would her plan have been if, if uh, Hannah had have answered the door? <laughs> well, I wonder what that conversation would have been like if they, if maybe they would have teamed up or they, because I think she was going there because she knows Hannah has the time machine and she needed more answers, right? Um, well, what she didn't expect was an older, hairier Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. <laughs> um, I, I was laughing. We saw this show on uh, this movie on Netflix last weekend. It's called Yes, God, Yes. I don't know if you've seen, like, the, the square yet. Um, but anyway, so it's about this. It's about, um, it, it reminded me a lot of my high school experience. It was about a Catholic high school and, like, this retreat they go on. But anyway, there's this scene where the protagonist is, like, looking at this guy's uh, arm hair. And she's like, has, like, it's like a big montage, right? She has, a, a, you know, stirrings yeah. about the arm hair. <laughs> and then, like, I got the same vibes when like Marta like saw like she was like stroking Jonas's arm and I was like I was like oh, it's just like the movie <laughs> something uh, appealing there. This is a you know I I do think this show has done a really great job with their actors and um I I think that the quality of Marta's voice when she realizes that it's Jonas um the way she whispers his name is really tender and um it is a really nice moment the look on Jonas's face but uh. Oh boy. Comes in. <laughs> the context is not great. <laughs> I, I, it's, I mean, they're, uh, I know this year they're running out of names for hurricanes, but they just need to name one of them Kat, um, Katarina. <laughs> yeah. Because anytime she's just like a hurricane or a tornado blowing in everywhere and just her hair's all over the place, and she's just, That's a I key. mean, I get it. She's going through a lot, but. Can you believe she's a principal? <laughs> um yes yes <laughs> this, is like what, this is like principles on like you know putting on normally they can put on their nice uh their nice face but then when they really come unglued this is what's what happening really is happening underneath behind the scenes <laughs> behind closed doors yeah, never right. talk to their family but then when they do it's just storming in somewhere to just knock knock things around right and we we need to give her credit uh because really in the space of like 10 seconds she outlines all of the relationships and that's what i've been confused by the whole series and she just answers it you're related to her she's your aunt and, and it's not happening i really like those scenes because like i know all those words because i know the i know relatives now so i'm like yes you've yes. done the relative yeah. lesson on duolingo i have, I have so yeah yeah dine so they really i, like, I really <laughs> wish you know we should ask for you know dark is you know, it's led a lot of fans to really, um, you know, learn, start learning German or practice German. Maybe we could get like an educational cut of things so that they would like insert some scenes to like, they you should. know, really, really help with the different, you know, types of vocabulary and stuff. They could just kind of cut briefly to like, and what's in the fridge? A banana, apples, eggs, and milk. And then it could just cut back to the rest of the show just to kind of insert that for you. I would pay for a premium price if I could have some of the actors and actresses be the Duolingo voices. Uh, like I would get like Ulrich for sure and Katarina just to recreate it for myself. Uh -huh. <laughs>
But yeah, no, I, I do. I'm a huge Duolingo proponent. <laughs> um, but yes, in this scene, Katarina, she she lays it all on the table and she also gives a stern warning. Keep your filthy fingers mm. off of her. Is that like, but I love the translation on that. Filthy yeah. fingers. Because I think like it, in German, like if you say like, if you tell them like, don't touch something, they usually say finger weg. Like don't put your finger on it. So I think that's kind of the oh. weird translation. Yeah, although your filthy fingers does have a real, a real imagery comes to mind. So little brother's um, grim. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Duolingo lesson. Dirty parts of the body. Fingers. <laughs> dirty hands. Oh, hey, dirty hands with Cla- Claudia's bloody then we hands. We saw that too. See, yeah. We got, yeah, yeah, we got something going here. Yeah, yeah. Um, dirty hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ulrich was pretty dirty in that scene. Ugh. That's true. Pretty face. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Hopefully, I was... like, for all the time travel, they do look pretty good, though. Like, oh. when do they have time to tra- to shower or anything? Not only do they look good, but they also are exposed to all this radiation, and um, only Adam seems to have the negative repercussions of that, <laughs> right? Did you see that morgue scene where they were like, yeah, her body's, like, full of radiation, but she's... You know, like eighty in our eighties. I mean, something. it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like with a uh, with plastic surgery or something. If you just get just enough of it where you people can't tell, <laughs> it does its job. And then once you hit it, once you go over that <laughs> point, that it's like just downhill from there. Maybe that's the same with this radiation time travel. <laughs> Definitely. <stuff. laughs> um, yeah, and like yeah, because it isn't. It doesn't even end up being the radiation that ruins uh, Adam. It's like the. I don't know, he's like messing with the time machine and like gets zapped by lasers a bunch. Sorry, I'm just going through my notes. Do you like Katarina's tattoo, the K plus U? Did you guys see that? Uh, yes, we saw it. Um, this was at one point when I was, Paul thought I was dozing off, but I wasn't. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, but we have, we're going to have to go back because you have to see that tattoo. That was so dumb. I'm like, no, I saw it. Trust me, I saw it. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> it looks like it's just like a pencil, right? Like it was just like, like yeah. It, like it looks like something you probably did in like when they were like 15 and, and just it's still around. Right. Elisa, do you have anything? I'm trying to think if there's anybody that we haven't... Uh, okay, a uh, tender moment that we did not discuss between um, between Jonas and Marta. Um, I did wax a little poetic about uh, how nice Marta's voice is, but I did not comment on they have their little tender glitch in the matrix. Please say it in German for me. I love it. <laughs> Oh, a fail, uh, failure in the matrix. Is the glitch in the matrix? Yeah, the yeah. matrix. <laughs> no, I do like that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, could, it would be funny if it was just like some other like really random pop culture reference too. Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess that one's okay. Did you like the musical montage? Did you like the song they chose for this one? I um, love this song. It's a, They always do a good job with the montage, I think. Really brings out the emotions. <laughs> they do so many montages in the show. Like, they are pretty usually pretty impactful, but, like, when every single episode ends in one of these, <laughs> it's pretty funny to me. Where's my montage? It is funny. <laughs> it's really funny because, like, the first time I saw the show, I was like, I think they're doing a montage pretty much every episode but it's like no it's the exact same moment in every episode that they do it and i do love it well, and I, I think and i think they know what the timing of it too it's like it gets to that point where it's like right at the point in the show where it's like it's the whole episodes like getting close to being over like we're uh-huh. getting there and then it's like it it's like no matter if you thought this was like a really good episode or it's like you thought it was more of a boring episode or whatever like 
the montage will bring you back in. Yeah, you be really grateful for what you just watched. Yeah, yeah a little falling Yeah, the action. montage is always like the moment where you're like, wow, that was pretty epic, actually. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it kind of like gives you a, like a quick flash to everybody and what they're each doing. You're like, wow, when you see them all together, that kind of was a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's either really epic or like, oh, that was really messed up. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't do a previously on on Dark, but they do have a reliable montage. <laughs> I think that's why. They don't need it with the montage. It's like, here's... We'll get ahead of it. Uh, here's this week on Dark is what happened. <laughs> In case you didn't understand a single thing you just watched, here's a montage. <laughs> uh, Claudia, I mean, so Claudia is and ends up being the mastermind of everything, right? And she, even though she's dead in this episode, she's trying to do everything to end up saving Regina, ultimately. Did that, I was wondering about the note at the end. That translated pretty well to the English. It's, it just said sleeping over at a friend's house at the end of the yeah. episode. Yeah. I had to have... Paul read it to me because it was it looked kind of blurry to me so I don't know if I need to go to the eye doctor or something <laughs> thanks to that episode of dark I discovered a problem with my eyes yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have never known otherwise without dark <laughs> what I wanted to say so you know how uh, Hannah lies and tells Aegon that her name's Katarina Kat- uh, okay yeah we did not uh we we dropped that earlier I think Paul this might have been the episode we talked about in season three but we, um, so Katarina, no, sorry, Hannah ends up meeting Katarina's mom at an, a, yes, an abortion place. Yes, the, outside the abortion place. Right. And she tells her that her name's Katarina. And she's like, that's she a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name. Yeah. Aww. So it's like her name's the bootstrap paradox too. And it's because, and I, I don't really know what Hannah's motivation is for choosing the name of her enemy for this. I don't know if you have any insight on that, but... Well, I wondered if in this particular scene, in this episode, if she said it in case they asked him, like, or uh, if they told him, like, Katarina's here to see you or something. But I don't know. That's a good call. I don't know then, because then later she acted like, no, that wasn't my husband. So maybe that wouldn't have been necessary. Maybe she was hedging, and so that was... Uh, she didn't really know what she was going to do, and then uh, once Ulrich kind of was, like, asking about Katarina, she's like, nah, I'm going to play it this way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's really messed up what happens. With, I, I think, Paul, you, you said it earlier, that, that moment when Katarina confronts her mom, and you don't know which way it's going to go. You don't know if Katarina's going to kill her mom or if her mom's going to kill Katarina, but Katarina ends up dying in that situation. Uh, pretty grisly stuff. Yeah. Um, something that we have not talked about, and it is a pretty poignant scene, um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> well, we did talk about how Aegon this whole episode has been questioning, was I actually a good cop? You know, mm-hmm. in his, you know, on, on his essentially deathbed. Um, but in the 50s, um, after he goes to the morgue and sees the white devil... His first thought is, we better go talk to that Helga kid. Oh, that was the other scene. Oh, we yeah. better go talk to that child. Yeah, the Doppler boy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we could just to see Helga's mother, right? Is the yeah. very, she's like so the scariest woman ever. I've ever, ever seen. Ever. <laughs> any show. American, German, scariest woman ever. I agree. Heart of gold. <laughs> just her stiff upper lip, you know, she's like scowling down at her poor, like, (laughs) deformed child. Yikes. Answer the sergeant. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think she'd be grateful that he's back now or whatever. Wasn't he missing for quite a while? Yeah, he was missing for months and months. Yeah, and... (laughs) 
No, he was probably enjoying himself being away from her. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, that's why he likes Noah so much when he hugs her. Um, but also, I think, like, when he comes back, she's like, get the dirt off your feet. <laughs> no, that, I don't think yeah. that happens. But that, right. that happens at some point. But. Well, and I, I do, I mean, now you, you know... You know the story more, but I remember first watching it, like being creeped out when they says, "Like, do you know? Do you know? Do you know this woman, right?" Mm-hmm. And then he says, "No." Or did 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 they ask? Did she did she kidnap you or something like that? Yeah. Did was she with him, right? Oh, or was she yeah. with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they think they think at one point they think it's Claudia is Ulrich's mom, which I kind of like thinking about that universe. But yeah, here's <laughs> a little uh, a little nugget for Aegon to reflect on. Um, putting words in the in people's mouths, like yeah, was he was she there? Yeah. Did she kidnap you? Yeah. It was her. <laughs> it is, it is. This is the woman who who kidnapped you, right? Or it looked like this kind of. Say nothing. I'll if you say <laughs> say nothing if you agree. Instead, he scares her with the white devil. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I think it's creepy when he just is like, no. But he told me about her. He told me that is but, much uh, creepier. Yeah, that was way more than he uh, that was way more than he bargained for when he asked that question, that leading question. Right. <laughs> oh, and you know, uh, not only is he like the white devil, but also. She wants to kill us. Yeah, that was pretty damning. Oh, yeah, then when he says, like, yeah. oh, she's dead now. She can't do that. But she hasn't even started yet. I don't know what the English translation was. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's what happens. That's yeah. exactly. And I guess, okay, I guess he's right in the end that she does want to kill everybody. Because, like, she wants to destroy the, that world, right? Those two worlds. Because she wants right. the original world to happen so that Regina's safe, so... In a way, I guess, yeah, Helga was spot on, but, uh... <laughs> Underrated character, really, uh, yeah. you know, turns out in the end that, uh, Helga's got a lot to do with things, and, you know, just, oh, yeah. just got a mean mom. <laughs> well, he's the saddest character, I mean, he's got his mom, and, um, and his mom's terrible to him, and then Noah completely corrupts him and makes him kill young children, too, so, yeah, Helga's got a really sad story. When we see him as an adult, he looks like the saddest man I've ever seen. That's true. <laughs> he's got a sad look on his the face. The middle-aged one is really sad. Yeah. So. All right, well, I don't know if, uh, do you guys have any other outstanding notes from the episode? I don't know. I think, I was trying to think if there was anyone else, like, just in general dark that we were sad that we didn't get to see in this episode. Okay. I think the main thing that we had been glad to talk about was that tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) I think me and Elisa are going out. I'm going to get a B plus E tattoo on my my upper arm. Please don't. (laughs) It'll be so small you won't even notice it. (laughs) Please don't. <laughs> Yours, that'd be kind of like, it could be also like B. You know, yeah, like that's true. It's a double, you know, a double meaning. meaning to it. So. Big metaphor. But <laughs> yeah. I could tell everybody, hey, this is my dark tattoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I finished the podcast and I had to get this tattoo to celebrate it. Uh, do you guys like and it? Then, and you'll be like, and it, you know, it, it also means to be or not to be. That's the question or whatever. <laughs> And then we'll say Shakespeare. You look really annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) It ties. You also could just get it. It would be also really great if you just got it said K plus U, and then people are like, "Wait, I thought that. Who is this about?" And you're like, "Oh, it's it's my dark tattoo." Yeah, everybody's (laughs) getting the sick Mundus, but I'm gonna get the Katarina Ulrich original. That's a really good one. (laughs) It's an homage to the characters that I really like. You know my guy Ulrich. Principal of the year. Oh, I I do think that this episode. Um, I'm glad you invited us to watch this episode because um, there, are, you know, I mean, there's a lot 
to digest on this show. But I feel like this episode really packs so many punches that are, uh, like you said, you know, this is the episode that made you want to have a podcast in general. And I think that, uh, I mean, obviously we've had a lot to talk about because the characters just really outdo themselves. A lot of a, a lot of climax in this episode, That's I think. True. A lot of story storylines going, yeah, going up into the biggest part. And uh, I just feel bad for whoever is like me and wanted to find a dark a dark podcast after this episode. And the first thing they have to hear about is my... AOL screen name Diablo Blanco, <laughs> and then it's a spoiler. Oh, like I'm really glad I was on, I was on this episode just to hear that story. <laughs> I think maybe you just wanted this podcast so that you could tell that story to the world. Look, at, listen, this is like my secondary one too. I was my first one wasn't cool enough. Like I You're had this, my first one, Behicle 110. I was like, that's kind of lame. Now I'm going into sixth grade. I need something with a little more edge, and uh, and so so it didn't really. Well, catch. All my stuff was like was Paul and then Heiko, which was my German name, and uh, in high school. And so, I, so much of my stuff was Paul Heiko that I remember Mario Lanza from the Historians Who I podcast with. When I finally got like Facebook, he was like, "Wait, your last name isn't Heiko? Remember your last name is Heiko because that's what I was on everything." Yeah, no, it's uh, these uh, like the screen names like stick. I mean, like not like we use that service anymore, but like those things do stick. Like those original things that you created or whatever. If you created an email when you're young, you know. Well, right. I didn't. I didn't know about El Diablo Blanco until this episode. Well, the, the whole episode, I was like, should I bring this off? I was like, I was like <laughs> yeah, I was having flashbacks. I, I remember thinking it was going to be so cool. <laughs> um. Now, just place me. So, uh, remind me how many episodes are in the season. Are there okay, eight? So, Is this the penultimate? Yeah. So, <laughs> the next episode is the finale of season two. And I really remember, like, the build-up to season three. Like, the ending of season two is just awesome. So, I, I knew I wanted to have you guys on for one of these big ones here. The one before is pretty good, too. It's, like, the party scene. I don't know if you guys remember that one where um, mm-hmm. there it's, like, the only happy moment, really, in the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and that's, like, where Jonas and Marta, like, get together for the first time. But, and that, that's a really good episode, too. But the finales, <laughs> I'm, like, the guy from uh, Saturday Night Live. It, it was awesome. <laughs> it was, like, that's, like, my take on every episode. So I'm just going <laughs> to stop talking about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, do you guys, uh, anything else before we uh, sign off for, for this episode? We don't have to have a spoiler um, section. <laughs> yeah, not on my end. Thanks for having us on. It was fun to talk about it. And I want to now go back and watch the whole show again so I get the context a little bit more, like the timeline a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely think like a rewatch of Dark is in order because I think I would understand it better a second time through, too. Yeah, no, you definitely, I, I really can't imagine. Um, I mean, just like, remember, I remember doing my rewatch was like, I didn't know anything from this show. Like nothing stuck with me. And then uh, going back, it's just so complicated. Even going into season three, there's so much they ask of you as like the viewer. So it, it is really cool on a rewatch. I will say that I, I definitely recommend it if you ever have time to do it. I would say, uh, you know, it's, it's always a, it's not exactly a chore, but it is a big ask when it's like, okay. Get ready for an episode of Dark yeah. because it is going to be intense yeah. and in depth, and it's going to test my intelligence level. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a lot to prep for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, please check out uh, the Real Weird Sisters. Please check out the Survivor Historians. Um, and then my Twitter is Wake Up Winden. And uh, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us.